How much time do you want? For your progress. Progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and B.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. All right, all right, all right. Today is Saturday, July 9th. 2022. Greet us, Dr. Hayes, before we jump into this. I'm, I'm anxious. Can, can you hear me? Say something. Talk to good me. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's a lot to talk about. It's a lot of, lot happening in our world. That's for sure. All right. But, but check this one out. And then we're just going to see how the Holy Ghost move us today. Maybe because there are a lot of young men okay, in America deal. who suddenly look and act a lot like this guy. It's not an attack. It's just true. They're numbed by the endless psychotropic drugs that are handed out at every school in the country by crackpots posing as counselors. And of course, they're angry. They know that their lives will not be better than their parents. They'll be worse. That's all but guaranteed. They know that. They're not that stupid. And yet the authorities in their lives, mostly women, never stops lecturing them about their so-called privilege. You're male. You're privileged. Okay, so that's enough. That's enough right there. Uh, that's enough. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, many of us have talked about the ramifications of the experiment psychologically of our young people being diagnosed with ADHD back in the nineties. That was like a big trend, you know, and I often said those, those kids who were diagnosed with ADHD and then administered those drugs like I think Adderall or Ritalin, et cetera. I said, you know, we know over time that the efficacy of any drug loses its potency and the dosing has to increase because the body sort of mutates to that level of uh, uh, synthetic drugs, right? Whatever that it is, whether it's for blood pressure, cholesterol, etc. the lifespan and, and for um, medical treatment. That's why you got to go to the doctor and they give you a, your annual exam just to make sure that if you're on these drugs, you know, you're, you're, if you haven't moderated your cholesterol or blood pressure, you, you, the likelihood that the medication is no longer effective. So the dosages increase. Now, known fact, chemistry, uh, your body uh, adapts and mutates to whatever that that's placed inside of it. So I couldn't imagine when I was in the nineties working for uh, as a child advocate, I still am in so many ways, but officially in the advocacy space, uh, writing grants, working for the public school system, assistant to the uh, superintendent, et cetera. Uh, and I was an, over the safe and drug free schools uh, program uh, for uh, Kennett Public Schools back in those days. And we'd have the D.A.R.E. officer uh, come in and talk about saying no to drugs. I mean, that was the uh, fallout for Nancy Reagan's say, just say no to drugs. Well, that no don't mean nothing. 
I mean, it's, it's a thing. I mean, it's great that you have that. You can say that word, but it don't help. Especially when these drugs are administered, say, by a pediatrician or a doctor, because the kids have attention deficit. Lord Jesus. We're going to talk about that, too. Uh, if we just parse that word out, attention deficit. Folks, pay attention to your little kids. From prenatal all the way through, they want your attention, your nurturing. Don't just act like they're feral cats. Raise your children. Pay attention to them. They need you to care about them. If you're going to birth a baby, take care of that baby. Otherwise, stop the mess. So anyway, Dr. Hayes, I'm upset for a lot of reasons because these kids that were administered Ritalin, guess what? They're probably in police offices now. Guess what? They're probably working in all sorts of spaces because now they're grown and got kids. So just imagine that mutation that has anesthetized all of this. Now we get this man named Tucker Carlson using a a dog whistle, if you will, saying that maybe just maybe these kids are the way that they are. This dismissing the fact that this little, you know, this, this incel or whatever they're called, um, this this guy who looks like a social anomaly. He, he can't help how he looks, but I mean, that's what he looked like. You, you know what I'm saying, Dr. Hayes? I'm just, this was my microaggression. I own it. I clutch my pearls when I see single white guys. I'm scared of them because they like to shoot up a whole bunch of people. And And when I saw this little boy, I'm out of my COVID isolation at the time, still healing from an eye fracture, facial fracture. I saw this woman... The other day with a little boy, cute as a button, she was pregnant, had another little girl with her. I said, I wonder if this little boy going to turn into a mass shooter. Why am I thinking like this from a sociological perspective? So when I hear somebody like Tucker Carlson say, maybe these boys are raised by single women who, who are saying to them that they have privilege, male privilege, um, and, and over, and, and realizing that their privilege doesn't equate to their reality. And so therefore they can get a gun. Make it make sense, Dr. Hayes. Well, in the first place, this young man's father signed for him to get a gun permit. So he has a father. He's not just raised by a mother. So that logic doesn't fit this situation. I don't think it fits any situation because uh, many, and I would say most single women, I mean, single parents who are women will try to negotiate some situation where there's a male influence. And so you mean white men don't, you mean white men don't take care of their kids. I'm just saying, you see, you see what, how that Boy, there are some who don't. Yes. <laughs> Quite a few who don't. Quite a few. Cause who, who was the most, who was the greatest number on public assistance? White women. Because the white men ain't taking care of their kids. Go ahead, Dr. Hayes. Well, this and they village this, ain't helping them either. This is a problem in society. You know, that children oftentimes raise themselves. Uh, and that's not, uh, selective neglect it's because whatever parent is in the household has to work so many jobs to make a decent living to take just simply provide for the basic needs of those children 
one person, one human being can only do so much. And uh, we, we, we agree that there is a deficit. And we agree that there are some ways in which that can be helped, but it cannot be put totally upon the woman. I feel this, I feel the energy in this society shifting its blame now to women. Say it, Dr. Hayes. Because women want to, to be independent, because women want to have their own autonomy, and and women deserve it because for the most part, they've been bearing the weight. And maybe that's a sexist thing for me to say, but I believe women do. The, uh, women do take on a whole lot more than the average man. Always has been. Always have. And uh, and they, I think that there are those who feel that that's our role. You know, we're we're second we're second horse <laughs> workhorses. Second-class citizens to be utilized to support, quote-unquote, men. That we were created to help men and not to become uh, functioning, contributing uh, individual citizens in the world. That's, and that's worldwide. It's not just America. But I see America regressing in terms of its understanding of women's role in society. And I think that the young man, the word that came to me when I saw him, one that did the shooting in Highland Park was that he is a social misfit. And I, maybe that, maybe that's unkind of me, but I could see in him that he didn't fit in with normal people. And so when you go and turn yourself into the police department and share with them the information that you had really planned uh, an optional uh, mass killing, that there was another gathering or, or of people where he had an option to go and kill up a bunch of folk there too, that he had killing on his mind, that he had been studying other mass killings and he wanted to be among the top in that field of mass killers. And you mean his father didn't know that? His mother didn't know that? That's what you were saying. They haven't been paying attention. And that's the deficit. Attention deficit? No, it's not on the children. I think it's on the parents. Man, Dr. Hayes, I... uh... I, I just think it's crazy, actually. It, it is. Um, it's a preoccupation with building wealth, quote unquote, a preoccupation uh, with having too much wealth and, and needing to spend it on something. And I think that children are, have been given things but they have not been given attention. So, and and I I know this is a bird walk, as they as they would say, but it'll come back to full circle, especially when you when you also. I was trying to find this little clip about uh, Pastor Jared Polzarnski. 
out of California. Uh, he, his church is called Whole Fast Baptist Church in Fresno, California. And this is what this, this man said. He said, it, it said it, this is his Bible interpretation. It says the wives are to be subjected to their husbands and everything. And then this is the direct quote. If I came home and my wife had a whole meal on the table and I said, I want pancakes. And she's like, oh, man, but I've already made hamburgers. Look, she should make pancakes. Now, ain't that some crazy stuff? If I want pancakes over hamburgers, that's not against what the Bible says. She has to submit to me. Well, mm-hmm. McDonald's sells both. And ain't that the daggum truth? That's what the woman should say. Go and get you some McDonald's. But he got kids. And if this indoctrination is, is being shared and, and to see, to treat women as if they are uh, nondescript humans and yeah, then ser- to serve it to the male, serve it to the thinking. male. And then to have all of these people turn this table against women. It's like, are you kidding? You are going against what the divine intended in terms of the only human that actually can um, reproduce like the creator is the mother, the nurturer, the, uh, the giver of life. And, and maybe that's this whole framing up of, uh, uh, um, I know, uh, my, my, um, my, my uh my my niece and my niece in love that's what i'm going to call her she um she quotes a sermon that i did several weeks ago uh and i talked about and she says she says a new phrase that's barbecue and i used that creation story i mean she had me cracking up she said hey carla that's fire i i go around and say that's just barbecue when i talked about that that redaction in the genesis account where at the first chapter of Genesis, it says, you know, God created at the same time, male and female. He, God created them in God's image. And then you flip over to like the third chapter of the Genesis story. And this is where I say the redaction takes place because it's in contradiction to the first chapter. In the third chapter, it says that, that Adam fell asleep and, and then God pulled a rib out of his side and created woe man. And I said, no. That ain't true, only because ain't no man ever had no rib pulled out of his side after this story and a human creature was created. I said, that's a rib. That's barbecue. You you barbecuing that? How you go? Ain't, I mean, that don't make any sense, Dr. Hayes. And so it's like, and I mean, stories are, are, are spun over that because this man produced woe man. I, I ain't no man gave birth. Ever. Well, in the first place, these are creation stories, and these are stories that have been formulated and developed to explain the un- inexplicable. And uh, theologians will tell you that these stories were borrowed from other cultures, and that there were other cultures who tried to uh, deify the male as opposed to the female. So we have, we, you know, with these, all of these things we have to grapple with in, in terms of and in the reflection of reality. When we, when we look at the thing in real time, does it hold up? Well, 
I don't, I, I'm like you, I don't see the rib holding up other than to barbecue. <laughs> and um, so it's, it makes more sense to me that if God created everything else that had the power to reproduce within them, this two-sided uh, reality of the male and the female, then why would that shift in principle when it comes to human beings? I, I, don't, I don't get that. Uh, but we have what, what I call this. We, we, you were talking about the ability of women to reproduce and to bear children. And it really, again, it takes two and they, they shift the glory to the seed. And so all of the conversation that proceeds historically is about the seed of the man and the seed being planted in the woman. But I'm like you, you, you can, you could throw seed everywhere. All of it does not germinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus told some parables about seeds. Mm-hmm. Some fall on good ground, some fall on shallow ground some some take and don't last you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it's still a a game of chance or i don't i don't like to say a game of chance but there are statistics that prove out that every implantation of seed does not produce It is amazing, Dr. Hayes, because I really wish that I think my new phrase um, that I'm loving so much is mind your business. Just mind your business. I like that better than staying in your lane, because when we mind our business, we don't have time to try to figure out somebody else's mess. And we, we, we stay in this place of, okay, there by the grace of God am I. Who am I to pass judgment on anybody? Why do I have to, to be the judge and jury over how somebody is attempting to live their life or raise their children? Unless, of course, it's affecting the whole of society. And then we wonder, is it our business to figure out who has the most power? Men or women, black, white, Asian, you name it. Why do we have to struggle so much in this temporary space of earthly, the earthly realm? Before you know it, 80 years will have transpired. 15 years will have transpired. A hundred years will have transpired and we still trying to navigate in somebody else's business. Well, I think, you know, I, I, at the risk of becoming isolationist, I think that there is a place for my concern. And uh, we all have our individual experiences and responsibilities And those do belong to us as individuals. But to live in this world, to contribute to society, we have to be concerned about other people's welfare. And I think part of the welfare that belongs to each of us is this business of being able to be who we are and to have those necessary things 
that support life in us. And to that extent, we have to be concerned about the other, but not to change the other, but to support the other. So that, and I, you know, I'm not, I don't subscribe to otherism. I know a lot of times we talk about otherism. That means that we are wanting to exclude certain other kind of folk. I mean, in terms of other members of the community, that everybody wants to be part of the community and they deserve that. They have a God-given right to be a part of the community and the society into which they have been birthed. And that all of us ought to be concerned about supporting life in every individual. And life really has to do with Basic needs, food, shelter, clothing, uh, care. These things are basic. And we cannot be happy having them for ourselves and not seeing that our neighbor and other people in the community have the same. Dr. Hayes, I'm going to say something real crazy right here. But um, I had to put this disclaimer there. And and it's almost a plug for a series that I I binge watched yesterday, and and it has great sociological and theological and um, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant series. It's it's not palatable for the weak or the judgmental or or the holy rollers, but it it covers all of that, and and it it is called P Valley. And it's based on the periphery. I, I like it because geographically it's located close to where I grew up, Memphis. Uh, uh, actually, I think it's the Horn Lake area is the, is the thematics of it. And there are references to spaces and places in Memphis. But Peep Valley is a heavy hidden show. And it covers religion, the hypocrisy, the capitalism. It covers this essence of what it means to be community in a marginalized context and how those who are marginalized sort of build this, this esprit de corps that is beautiful, even though on the outside it might look ratchet. You know, this whole strip club kind of context, the community within that and the economic empowerment of women who are using their God-given bodies and talents to amass a life that they could have never imagined because of their maybe social location. And I, I, I was, I'm touched by it and I'm saying, and it's, and it's this whole, um, um, uh, uh, rape culture in terms of the white power broker having a, a white family and then, uh, a, a side chick that's the maid and he has a, a, a um, a, a, a biracial child. I don't know if biracial is the right word to use, but, but a child that is product of, uh, uh, miscegenation. Let me just put it that way. And the tension as an heir, you got two whole white brothers and then a half, <laughs> half white brother. Uh, and, and I mean, it, it, and then, and then this whole, um, it's basically economy. But the beauty of it is, is how this community comes together. And I'm saying all that to say that if somehow 
we in the United States could, and I'm sure because of where it is, you have to have a subscription to this premium channel. And I'm sure because it's a majority black cast, and I think it's probably produced by black folks, these actors and actresses, the storyline, they may not get an Emmy. But I'm telling you, it is some of the most profound acting and storyline and engagement that arrested my heart in so many ways. And I'm like, this was brilliance. And the brilliance and the takeaway is the lesson that how how I want to wrap this up in this podcast is we all need each other. And when those in marginalized communities connect with those who are quote unquote in power spaces with the platform like a church, how we can dismantle the presence of evil. An evil that manifests itself in terms of displacement or disruption uh, for capital gains, in other words. So what does it look like if women in general and, and white women and black women, if white women would finally decide the power and agency that black women have always had, not just seeing it as an opportunity to, we can go to the suffrage movement. You know, Mary Church Terrell and, and all of the Sojourner Truth, they didn't get to vote. But those women were on the front lines to help those feminists get their right to vote. Susan B. Anthony now in the 1920. And if we could find a coalition like those strippers did, because one of the strippers was a white girl who was, according to the storyline, who was a cheerleader at Ole Miss. And she was part of the sisterhood of these black women, Latina women, you know, all coming together. What power that we can see as a community of folks to say, we don't have to have you call us out of our name. And this is how we're going to flip this script. We're going to take a page book from Stacey Abrams. We got a vice president that's a woman. We're going to rally around her because, you know, the system is in place to where she might not ever be president anymore. She's been tainted. The most powerful woman in the world is the number two seat of power. And she can barely speak. What would it look like if our missionary societies, our sororities, the sisterhood of women would finally say, no, Tucker Carlson, you wrong. You go tuck your Carlson someplace else. You're not going to sit up here and say single women are the problem of these look wilder now white boys who got their little guns. It's y'all. White men. I heard uh, I heard someone speak on the uh, this idea of latent adolescence and latent adolescence being um, the product of affluence. Let me let me break it down. Little that these little white boys are raised, getting everything they want given to them. And when they become so-called men, they haven't developed 
any skills in terms of socialization, in terms of uh, responsibility, in terms of really what it means to be a contributing citizen in an evolving society. So they get on the internet, they spend all their time on the internet, and they study all these wild and crazy ideas. Nothing has been instilled in them because their folk are are busy making a lot of money, and they take these long vacations, and they spend it on cars, and whatever those kids want, get they get given to them. They have no sense of what it means to work for what they get. They have not been taught how to share. They have not been taught how to, how to develop their own gifts and skills. For a, a, a young man at 20 years old to fantasize about being a mass shooter, something is wrong with that picture. And it's not mental. It's environmental. And they had, you know, the age-old argument of, uh, what is it, uh, environment versus... uh, Nurture versus... uh, Nature. uh, Nature nature. versus nature. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that are part of our DNA. Some, Some families do have a history of mental illness. And like you say, the attention deficit medication creates to late in life expressions of emptiness and um there are just a lot of things that we need to be paying attention to more so than just making money say that again dr hayes say say it for the people in the balcony we need to we need to pay attention to more things than making money or raising money or having money because money is a tool but money the 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 Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's still true. The love of money, the desire to have more and more money creates all kind of evil in the world. And these principles are, are, are they transcend time. They're still true. So we need to pay attention to that. Uh, although we live in a capitalistic society, we can see what capitalism has done to our society, and we should learn from that. Dr. Hayes, um, this has been a beautiful conversation, and I want to end with the question that Marvin Gaye asked. What's going on? It's still relevant today. There's too many of you crying. Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you dying. But we got to find a way. You know we've got to find a way. To bring back. To bring some loving here today. I think that's all I can play. We and, don't uh, need to be within the realm of legality. Later. You see, war is not the answer.
It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.